Hey, thank you, Jaden, for hosting the service and as well, the worship team. I don't know about you, but I hope that you found yourself praying or just really reflecting during those songs and preparing your heart for what God is going to do in and through the service today as we enjoy this scripture and continue in on this Straining to Find Hope series. And how fitting, right? People are straining to find hope all around us. And so there's no better passage for us to jump into today than the one we're about to look at, kids. If you got those pieces of paper and whatever you're drawing or coloring with, I encourage you to grab that. I can't wait to see what you come up with from this story because actually both the Bible passages we're going to focus in on today have story elements that you could draw out that are going to be pretty cool looking, but let's jump in. Uh, Luke 5, 18 through 26 says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tied, they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof, looked and took off some tiles. Uh, then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Immediately, as, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. They praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Man, I hope today we see amazing things from God still. Uh, how many of you have had conversations this week with somebody who's just gripped with fear or they're gripped with um, loss of hope, confusion. I think when every day our normality has been interrupted, it's easy to uh, just worry and, and, and sense a lack of hope, like it's off in such a far, far distance. Keep six feet away, right? Social distancing. Uh, kids are going to be home for six weeks. Hello, uh, homeschooling, right? <laughs> Parents, our, our stress level kind of charging up there and uh, church gets moved. Man, we were in this beautiful venue and then all of a sudden, hey, we'll see you in May, maybe, right? All these uncertainties can kind of cave in around us like quicksand. And so we find ourselves uh, learning a word and talking about that word and using that word all week. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed it, but I've heard the word unprecedented in an unprecedented amount this week. <laughs> it's so crazy. Uh, I was asked what it means, actually, because it was said so much, and it means never done or known before. We're in a season that we've never been in before. 
So yeah, we need hope and we're straining to find hope. And I'm excited that we know the source of hope. We know the person who brings hope. And so did these four men, Jesus, right? And now we have the opportunity to peek into this scripture and grab a hold of hope today. God's in the business of turning our situations that look bad, that look scary, that look hopeless into good things. In fact, Let's just step into another space here. Let me encourage you with a scripture in Romans 8. It says here in Romans 8, 28, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What are you currently facing? Whatever it looks like, whatever fear could come right before you, the promises of God in Scripture say he's going to turn that thing around and it's going to work for good for those of you who are in Christ Jesus. We want to follow Jesus because we want to get to the good. I don't know. Are you overwhelmed? God turns that into peace. Are you worrying? God transforms that into hope. Are you disappointed? God brings euphoria somehow. I don't know how he does it, but that anxiety to comfort, that loss to provision, that need to supply, that's the promise of Romans 8, 28. Everything is going to be okay. Think long. There's a future ahead, right? Take hope today. That's our focus. We're going to jump in and we're going to grab out the hope within the text Today, in this case, the man was on a mat and his life was in a position that needed hope, right? It took the people around him for his breakthrough. And I don't know, uh, who do you identify with in the story? Do you identify with uh, needing to have people surround you? Uh, you need hope and you don't have that hope found in Jesus yet? Or do you need to find those around you who need hope? You're carrier of the hope, and you need to give that thing away. You need to be able to share hope with all those in need. We're in one of those scenarios today, and that's what brings our big idea out, right? God is looking for people who will bring hope to those in need. Well, in this scenario, <laughs> you know, in this case, it's they're bringing those in need to hope. <laughs> the four are. They're bringing this gentleman before Jesus. So here's this guy on a sleeping mat. And these four men carry him to a place where they thought they were going to experience Jesus. They're carrying him to church. And the picture Jesus is trying to paint into the minds of every follower of Jesus here is, is uh, you know, we need to lay down our, our experience and our own personal uh, experience for the case of another who has need. These four were going to do that. They're laying down their opportunity to see Jesus in hopes that they can get their friend or this person they're carrying. We don't know their friends, this person they're carrying to Jesus. People who, who set aside their time to serve those in need. That's what these four are demonstrating. People who love unconditionally and boldly those in need, who need help, who need healing. Uh, these are the people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's our mission as a church. And in fact, uh, life right now is probably at one of its most overwhelming seasons. And we need to be those who bring that true life and peace of mind through this growing relationship with Jesus. These are the people. These four are the people. They're bringing hope. They're bringing peace. 
And we need to receive it today, but we also need to give it away. This week, uh, I took the opportunity to reach out to those I have relationship with in our community to encourage those in authority over others. Uh, whether they're the mayors of our cities, whether superintendents of our school districts, principals of schools, just zapping them some texts or in face-to-face dialoguing with some of them saying, we're praying for you. I want you to know, open life, this church, we're going to pray for you. You're making hard decisions this week and, uh, and in future seasons. And so we're going to be covering you in prayer. Jesus says that our burden should be light that he should be carrying the weight with us. So we're, I just communicated, (laughs) we're for you, we're with you, you're not alone. I can't explain the response uh, from just people were so grateful to know that they're not alone. And some in authority thought they really felt like they were alone. And uh, uh, with tears and eyes, (laughs) I was able to uh, be thanked personally, but I want to pass that thanks on to you and challenge you to be praying for those in authority over people because the decisions they're making and they're being told they have to pass on are extremely difficult. They're disrupting hundreds and at, at some points, thousands of people and families. And and so uh, uh, Stacy, the new Bonnie Lake Food Bank director, uh, just was like, tell your people thanks just for being available even when I reached out and asked what could open life do during this season. And I I just want to challenge you. Uh, We can make a difference in people's lives. And it's not that they don't know how to find hope. They're straining to find hope. They're in a season they've never been in before. And to know you're not alone, there are people all around us that need to know they're not alone. We need to be those bringers of hope. Sometimes you have to step in and let people know that you're with them. Uh, and that you, you're going to bring them before Jesus, right? That's what those four were doing, and it gives way to hope uh, because they might not know how to get there themselves. So with this thought, God's looking for people who will bring hope to those in need, and we have a few observations for you today. Observation number one, they couldn't reach Jesus. Isn't it interesting to think these four guys with the gentleman on the sleeping mat couldn't get to Jesus. That's so interesting that this miracle revolves around an obstacle, ultimately. And there was literally a crowd in between them and this experience they thought they were going to bring this man to. Picture yourself as one of those four guys for a second. What they did to this point was admirable, incredibly respectful. They brought someone to to the environment where Jesus was, and, and they could have been very comfortable with just leaving him outside the crowd. Um, they went to, uh, to the work of carrying him. They served. They did their duty as followers of Jesus, maybe. Um, you know, they brought him to the place of his miracle and breakthrough. They could have taken the Insta pick, and hashtag, you know, got our boy to JC. They could have had their moment and felt really good and walked away. But that's not what these guys did. These four guys got up on the house and they they, they weren't going to leave this guy on the edge of hope. They were going to put him before the one who had the hope. They were going to get him to Jesus. They start removing these 
tiles on the roof. Now switch scenarios. Now you're one of the religious guys sitting there listening to Jesus. I don't know what he was talking about. Salt and light telling some jokes about what it's like in heaven. Who knows, right? We really don't know what was being taught at the moment inside this house. But all of a sudden, dust starts falling. It's getting in your eyes. You're sneezing. You're, you're, you know, Jesus is like in close quarters in a home teaching. And, and all of a sudden, daylight starts making its way in. And, and there is a breakthrough happening, like a breakthrough, like a break in. And Jesus' focus all of a sudden goes here from all those in the room. It was a moment that had to just been incredibly interesting back up on the roof. These guys had to have been incredibly skilled. Can you imagine lowering somebody on a mat from a roof down to the floor without dropping them? It's like, Jesus, hey, by the way, uh, you better heal him in the air because we're going to let go. And if he falls, he's going to be more hurt than he already is. I don't know what this looked like, but the reality is Jesus had to do a miracle and, and get this guy down. And all the scenarios around this are just messy, awkward, but they were tenacious in getting this guy before Jesus where he could be healed, where his miracle could be found, where hope could come a reality. Do you see the, rea the, the similarities or the parallels with the time we're facing right now? I mean, that's, I started to look at this story and go, man, reality is some of our neighbors that are in need, they need to get to the store, but they're not able to go to the store because they have pre-existing conditions and they really shouldn't be around people. And here we, if you're healthy, uh, how do I serve my neighbor? They need some toilet paper, uh, you know? Give them your toilet paper and take the high road, go get one of those huge packs. I saw people walking out of Costco, those napkins. I don't know if that's what they're using them for. Why did people buy napkins? I have no idea. But people were buying random stuff at Costco. And I, I just look at this and I go, maybe it's because they gave up what they had for a neighbor. I hope so. But we have the ability to bring hope. Maybe you are gonna invite somebody to church and maybe you've realized, man, Easter's April 12th. Maybe you're not thinking about that. But as a pastor, I am. Easter service, that's the best time to invite somebody to hear about hope out of the entire year. And we're going to be here probably on, on a screen. And so I started to think about that and going, man, what seems like a crowd or a closed door or an obstacle to get someone into the presence of Jesus, maybe we just opened up a bigger door. Maybe we opened up the ceiling. Maybe we opened up the roof here. And God's going to take this situation, turn it to good. And more people are going to be able to hear the gospel because they're going to click a link and be able to look in and see what Jesus is up to in the world through our lives and the way we're serving the community. But right here in church, wherever church is meeting, gathering, online. And I look at that and I start to get excited because no matter what happens, we're going to be able to still communicate the gospel. People are going to be able to come in. They're going to be able to experience the hope that's found in Jesus. And we're going to be able to bring it. And we're going to be as tenacious. This church, I'll just commit to you. We're going to be as tenacious as these four guys. And we're going to find any way we can to disciple and connect and bring the gospel as clearly as possible. Not just on Sundays, but creating opportunities for engagement and ministry throughout the week no matter whether we could be face-to-face -face or whether it's going to be on the computer. I'm excited for that. Observation number two, God is looking for people who will bring hope to those in need. And Jesus looks up. Jesus saw their faith. 
When he looks up at these four guys lowering this person, you know, people who are, are, have found hope find people who need hope. And these four people found this guy who needed hope, got him through the roof and got him before Jesus. And what does Jesus see? Not the man on the mat's faith. He sees the four men's faith. But the guy who receives because of the men is the man on the mat. He looks down and he's like, man, the faith of the four resulted in hope for the one. It was the faith of the four that resulted in salvation of the one. It was the faith of the four that resulted in this man picking up his mat and going with not only a healing, but salvation. And he was walking out on his own power. That's an incredible story. Where's your faith today? I mean, is your faith growing? Are you taking a step forward today? Are you feeding your faith with the things that will spark boldness like these four have? I hope today your faith takes a step forward. That'd be a prayer of mine because God wants to equip you to be a bringer of hope. Step into faith instead of standing in the way. There's stories, we'll read another one in a second, that, uh, that share how sometimes the crowd gets in the way. And sometimes as followers of Jesus, we're the crowd. The most common response to why people don't go to church is other Christians. They see Christians, they want to know Jesus, but they're like, I know my I know this guy who says he's a Christian and he posts this on Facebook, or I know this guy who says he's a Christian and he's done this in public and I just don't want to be a part of that. I'd love to know who Jesus is. Well, I'm hoping we can step out of the way and let people who need Jesus, who are straining to find hope, find themselves right in front of Jesus. What a great season to purify our hearts. And that can't be our story to be in the way. Our story needs to be bringing people before Jesus and getting out of the way, lowering them to be in the presence of Jesus. Um, those in the room with Jesus were complaining. They were complaining of all things that this guy gets healed. And they're grumbling and mumbling. And yet Jesus praises the ones who weren't in the room, the four, the faith of the four. That should speak loudly to us. He didn't praise the crowd who got there early and got a seat. He didn't praise the religious who probably had Old Testament memorized. He didn't praise them because they're in the front row and they could, he could see the wide of their eyes. He praised the faith of those who put their faith in action. And that's why we need to put our faith in action. Kids, another drawing. You ready? This scene uh, in Luke 19 is just as visual as the lowering of the mat, but there's the similar obstacle, but yet similar opportunity of observed faith. Listen to this. Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town, and there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He, he tried to get a look at Jesus, just a look. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, called him by name, Zacchaeus. He said, quick, come down. I must, I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Here's the deal. People, always grumble. If you're reaching notorious sinners, if your focus is helping those who need to find hope and not just catering to the norm, 
uh, you're going to have people grumbling. Don't be dissuaded by the grumbling. Uh, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, verse 9 or verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. Man, Jesus loves this scenario. Nothing should keep you from experiencing Jesus because even a notorious sinner could have a divine encounter, boom, that quick, right? Zacchaeus was too short. He had a pre-existing condition that prevented him from having a good experience in crowds. See what I did there? Anyway, uh, you know, but he was determined and did some crazy things to find hope. He climbed up a tree. He ran ahead, you know, and, and it's that faith demonstration through his actions that caught Jesus' attention. Maybe today you clicked a link and you found this talk. You're watching this and you're, you're wondering what's going on in your spirit. You're feeling something moving in your heart. And that's Jesus grabbing a hold of your attention. And he wants to bring you hope as he did Zacchaeus this day. He wants to bring you salvation as he did Zacchaeus this day. And it can come to your house right now or wherever you're watching this. Uh, the son of man, the son of God, Jesus didn't come to pontificate with the religious in the front row. He came to model faith in action and to reward those who are taking actions of faith like he did these four lowering their friends or Zacchaeus climbing a tree. God's looking for people who will bring hope to those in need. And our final observation, everyone is watching. Everyone is watching, it says. When, hope's, when hope comes to those who are straining to find hope, people perk up like they they take notice, like something is different. Jesus impacts lives and great awe and wonder comes over everyone, it says. They responded with praise. Their praise looked like this. We have seen amazing things today. I don't know the last time you said that about about God and what he's done in and through your life. But that's what Jesus was modeling. I pray that out of this crazy season where we're experiencing uh, community through video or, or, or just innovative ways, God's gonna bring something out of this that amazes us, that is better than anything we've ever dreamed of. Turning that bad again to good and that we could show compassion like never before to those in need around us, that we could be bringers of that hope, that we can stand up with faith and battle our way through a season, not giving up or, or sharing gossip or making people worry, but we bring the faith in our future, right? Everyone is watching to see what the church does right now. Will they love? Will they serve? Will they live life to the full through this? Uh, that's what Jesus would want. And he would want us to go find a way to serve our neighbors in need. He would want us to deliver groceries, to mobilize, to, to wrap power cables for schools, uh, or, or he'll, he doesn't want us to shrink back, get in a bunker mindset and hide. We read it last week, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love 
and of the sound mind. We want to go at our future with a sound mind, not fear, not shrinking back powerlessly. When we are the people who will bring hope to those in need, we are, we are being the church. Um, the church Jesus came to demonstrate and send out. This isn't the time to be afraid. It's, it's time to be the church. Uh, if we are going to be in fear of anything, it should be missing our moment to shine right now and serve our neighbors in a tangible, more tangible way than we've ever imagined. Our action thought today is be the church. Be the church. Be those four guys that would look for those trying to find hope, straining to find hope. And in order to be the church, you first need to make a decision to follow Jesus yourself. And when you embrace this hope, then you're now in a position to distribute that hope to those around you through acts of love and service. And that's when you experience life to the full. Can I pray for you? God, I pray for everybody right now who is tuned into this. And I pray first and foremost for those that need to make a decision to follow you, Jesus, that they would simply pray along with me saying, Jesus, come into my life. I want salvation today. I want the salvation I've, I've heard in, in this moment on this talk. I, I want salvation in Jesus' name. And God, now that we're all on that same page of salvation and we celebrate with those who made that decision, wherever they're at, I pray right now that God, you will mobilize us as followers of Jesus, that you will let us take this growing relationship with Jesus we've begun and we would begin to share the hope that is flowing out of our relationship with you. Help us grow our relationship with you through regularly praying for those around us by reading our, our Bible, and by being active with our faith. Give us ideas, Lord, of how to serve our neighbors, how to serve our community. And we thank you for this opportunity today to do church together online. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.